lucky charms. Heart stars and horseshoes, clovers and blue moons, hourglasses, rainbows, and tasty red balloons. Ta-da! They're magically delicious. Hi, Lucky. Get those charms. Lucky's book. Let's open it. Heart stars and horseshoes, clovers and blue moons, hourglasses, rainbows, and tasty red balloons. Mmm, they're tasty. Lucky Charm cereal, part of a good breakfast. This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. Hollywood, do you believe in leprechauns? I used to until I read up on it. Uh, I'll tell you more about it later. I need you to give me your pot of gold, you fucker. (laughs) I got no gold. Got too many damn kids. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Tonight's episode is all about shamrocks and shenanigans and leprechauns and pots of gold and the mother country of Ireland which is not my mother country, and I'm pretty sure it's not yours either. No, but you know, uh, the kids are part Irish. How so? Because Nicole's mom is part Irish. Ah. Yeah. There's a little fire to the kids, I can tell. Why aren't they doing this episode then? (laughs) Uh, Because they don't like any of the music we picked. Damn it. You didn't train them well enough. (laughs) Dude, it just goes to show you, like, any excuse for people to drink. They will celebrate any holiday as long as people can fucking drink. Yeah, well, it's not necessarily a bad thing. What the hell? Are you drunk? I couldn't handle the pressure, Stewie. We Irish, we have a deep sadness. Oh, come on, get up. They need you down there. Sure, sure, And I remember when I was drinking, I'm like, oh, it's St. Patrick's Day. We got to go out and have green beer. Until I read up on the holiday the other day, I didn't even know why we were out drinking beer. Well, you know, we should always pull back the curtain a little bit on the growing up rock procedures around here. And some of our closer friends know that we record a lot of stuff and put it in a jar because things happen in life and we have schedules to keep and we just can't afford to fly by the seat of our pants on growing up rock. So sometimes we'll record episodes a a few weeks ahead and put them in the can so that they release on schedule. This one is not one of those episodes. However, 
the point I'm getting to here is that it feels like it's been literally months since it's just been you and I on a microphone recording an episode because of the Monsters of Rock cruise. And then we came back and we did the recap and the recap we had all the guys from Potter and Hell. So uh, it's kind of nice, really, for it to just be you and I back on the mics for a change. Might be nice for you. I need a buffer. You don't need a buffer. You wouldn't know what to do without me. Bring back Katie. Bring back anybody who we interviewed, please. You're always naming all the lovely women that have been on the show. I can maybe call out to my wife and have her come in here in my place. You'd probably enjoy talking to her a little bit more. Oh, yes, I would. <laughs> yeah, but then she wouldn't be able to tell you about this. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. On tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight, we're going to start with the band Degree and their song from their sixth studio album called Feed the Lie. Check it out.
So first of all, I had no idea these guys have six albums, but I can tell you that that's off their new album, right? Correct. That new album is in my 2022 possible top 10 list so far. It's a really, really good record. Listen, I thought they were a new band. They're a Swedish band. They've been around since 2010. Brothers Robin and Matt's are also part of a band that we've featured on Crank It Up New Music Spotlights called City of Lights. I assume between Sweden and Frontiers, they just basically take all the artists in the country and trade them and switch them around and they all play on different projects and on different albums and i don't know it just seems like everybody is popping up on something else or someone else's album uh so it's an interesting mixture but robin erickson matt erickson Mikael Blanc and Daniel Johansson make up the band Degreed. Like Sonny said, I really had no idea that they had six uh, studio albums, five before this latest one. If you like melodic rock, this band is straight up on the FM dial. They're hit or miss for me because some of the stuff can be really a little bit too mellow or too light keyboard heavy for me. But this song like Feed the Lie, that's right up my alley. I love that tune. I love the heaviness, the riff, but still melodic. And even their melodic songs are really well written. So uh, this album, I could definitely see this album winding up in my top 10, maybe top 20 albums so far for this year. So that doesn't surprise me that you say that. Now, you said City of Lights. They just released a new album, too. That's correct. Yeah, like literally two weeks ago. So those guys are busy. Robin and Matt's, they must be on a whirlwind of promo toward and they got to ask them, who are you, who are you pushing, Degreed or City of Lights? I think Degreed is probably more the actual band, whereas City of Lights is probably more of a project thing. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, I've enjoyed what I've heard so far. I just got to listen to it more and more. But, uh, you know, I've got that Spotify playlist that I drop these albums into that get released that I think have a shot in my top 10. And actually, both the City of Lights and the Degreed album is in that list. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. All right. Time to talk about Ireland, I guess. Ireland, St. Patrick's, Shamrocks, Shenanigans, Green Beer. Yeah, it's St. Patrick's Day and we're celebrating it here around the Growing Up Rock podcast. So hopefully uh, we can find some good music for folks to listen to and uh Tell us about what this uh, episode is all about. All right. So each of us chose five songs that somehow connect to Ireland. You know, it might be a band or artist from Ireland. The song might be about Ireland. Who knows? We kind of left it a little bit loose there. But let's start with a couple of interesting facts about St. Patrick's Day. So first of all, this year, it's on March 17th, 2022. It's always on March 17th. I don't know if you know, but the color of St. Patrick's Day was originally blue. But green became more popular because I guess it was something about in 1798. Shit, this thing goes way back. There's some sort of rebellion going on and Irish soldiers are wearing full green uniforms and they had this like shamrock on their hat and that was supposed to be like the sign of rebellion. So that's kind of where it turned from blue to green. Also, St. Patrick's is both the day of religious feast and the anniversary of St. Patrick's death in the 5th century. Too much history for me. <laughs> there is a there is a story out there or a belief that St. Patrick was famous for banishing all snakes in Ireland. 
Like, how would you even do that? I heard that. I believe, and take this for what it's worth, but my understanding is that somewhere somebody played a pan flute and drove the snakes out of town. Is that true? I don't think so. I don't think any of that shit's true. (laughs) And dude, I had no idea about this. But come to find out, the leprechaun is an American tradition only, introduced by the Disney film Darby O'Gill and the Little People. I've never seen that Disney film, but supposedly that's where the leprechaun was born. Did you know that? I had no clue. I had no clue, really. My recollection was the leprechaun was born with those damn Lucky Charms cereal. No? No, that's just sugary, (laughs) awesome cereal. You know, you can go to like a candy store and just buy a box of just the marshmallows. Yeah. Didn't they even produce the cereal at one point where it was just the uh, marshmallows? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can get them just like that. Yeah, but I mean- Were you listening? I just said it. No, you said- you could go to a candy store and buy just the marshmallows. In a Lucky Charms box. No, you didn't say that part. You didn't, you didn't say <laughs> that part. Rewind the tape. Uh, Rewind the tape. Okay. Editing Steve, go back and find out whether he said in a Lucky Charms box. Okay, let me step in here. Although these two idiots have known each other for a while now, it is obvious that they still have a serious communication issue. In listening back to the recording, both were in the wrong. When Sonny said, You know, you can go to like a candy store and just buy a box of just the marshmallows. Sonny should have explained that he was talking about Lucky Charms marshmallows, especially since he knows that Stephen needs every bit of the explanation he can get to understand anything. Stephen should have assumed that Sonny was talking about Lucky Charms marshmallows since that topic being discussed was Lucky Charms. Stephen should have also assumed that these marshmallows would be in a Lucky Charms box. Why wouldn't they be? Our guess is that this clarification of Sonny's and Stephen's miscommunication did not make it better for the listener and besides you the listener probably don't care anyway. Sorry for the interruption. Now back to our show. So anyway. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think you could actually uh, buy the box of cereal in the stores with just the things. Kind of the same thing with the uh, Crunch Berries, right? The Captain Crunch. You could buy just crunch berries. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had never seen it that way before until that I saw it in the candy store because I <laughs> I used to have this thing. So when Danny and I were kids, of course, we had Lucky Charms, right? So I would dump out the whole cereal, take all the marshmallows out, eat the marshmallows, and then put the cereal back in the box. So and then he would eat it. He would have no marshmallows. I think for birthday one year, I gave him like a box of just the marshmallows to make up for it. <laughs> Who goes through cereal picking out just the marshmallows? What the hell? It wasn't COVID-friendly because I think I touched every other piece of cereal before I put it back in the box. Yeah, there's a lot of shit that wasn't COVID-friendly back in the day. I can tell you that. (laughs) I look at things today and I'm like, holy shit, that would have never been (laughs) COVID-friendly. Think about this. We would go to shows at like, let's say the Omni in Oakland when we were uh, younger. And the Agro Hell, Miljinko did it. Opens up the tequila, takes Uh a swig, hands it to the first person in the crowd. And that bottle of tequila goes round and round and round till it's gone with all these people just tipping it right out of the bottle. I saw a couple of things like that on, on Mork this year, as a matter of fact. Really? Yes. I can't remember specifically what it was, but I did see a couple of things similar to that. You know, maybe it wasn't a, a beer or something. Maybe it was a shot of whiskey or something. But I absolutely saw it because when I saw it, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, that that's not COVID friendly anymore. <laughs> So anyway, we digress. Uh, <laughs> Let's get back to, to shamrocks and shenanigans. All right. So share your first couple of choices. 
well, I'll start with my first choice. My first choice uh, has been a band that uh, I've mentioned once in a while, but I don't think I mentioned enough here on the Grown Up Rock Podcast, and it's a band called Maverick. And the thing about Maverick is when you Google Maverick, right, it comes up with a whole bunch of things. In fact, I think there was a country band at one point called Maverick. You know, Top Gun comes up. The band Maverick is a hard rock band from Belfast, Northern Ireland. They were established in 2012. Maverick has released an EP called Talks Cheap and three albums, Quick Pro Quo, which is awesome, Big Red, and Cold Star Dancer. And now recently they've released an album called Ether Reality, which was released in April of 2021. This band is awesome for me. They've got a great singer. They've got some really solid riffs and just some good melodies on on a lot of their tunes. They have a couple of tunes on each record that I'm kind of meh on. But if you go back to Quid Pro Quo, that's hard to say. If you go back to that record, it's more of a straight up hard rock kind of sunset strip record where they've gotten a little bit heavier and a little bit more progressive on some of their later records, but still straight up hard rock. I'm going to play a song off the latest record, Ether Reality, and the song is called Falling. Check this out.
So on to my second choice. I've played this band several times as well. This band is no longer even together. They've actually changed and become a different band at this point. But the band is called Million Dollar Reload. Million Dollar Reload was a rock band from Northern Ireland, founded in 2006. The band recorded the album's Anthem of Degeneration, A Sinner's Saint, and As Real As It Gets, and was renamed Blackwater Conspiracy in 2015. Check out this song called Wicked. from the records, A Sinner's Saint. Those are my first couple of Irish picks for you. So that Maverick song, that Maverick song was cool. I like the vocalist. I like the earworms. Just the whole structure of that song was pretty cool. And I, I had not heard much Maverick before. This Million Dollar Reload, I like the melody. I don't love the singer. Like, for some reason, I just heard, like, this sleaze singer, and I was just like, eh. It was okay, but I like the Maverick song a lot better. Well, I definitely think that Maverick is a band that you would enjoy if you checked out their overall catalog. 
because I know I've played stuff off of Cold Star Dancer as well. They're a good solid band. So, yeah, I mean, I enjoy both bands. Million Dollar Reload, A Center Saint, I really like that record a lot. But I understand why you're not into the vocalist. That doesn't really necessarily surprise me. But that's really the only gem that I have from them is that record because Blackwater Conspiracy, I've checked out a little of that stuff, and it doesn't connect with me as much as Million Dollar Reload did. All right, so my first two choices, I went uh, a little bit of a different route. So I did pick a few musicians that are from Ireland, but then I also picked a few musicians slash bands that have Irish ties. So meaning that part of their family was Irish, so obviously they're part Irish. So the first one we're going to go with, believe it or not, is Chris Cornell. Yes, he is part Irish. He was part Irish. Rest in peace. Who knew? Nobody knows, right? Uh, We all know him for... Being in Soundgarden, Audio Slave, Temple of the Dog, all that stuff. But his birth parents were Edward F. Boyle, who was an Irish pharmacist. And his mom was Karen Cornell, who was a Jewish accountant and supposedly a psychic. That's a little scary, but whatever. <laughs> Cornell obviously has some Irish blood to him. You know, he's released six albums with Soundgarden. He released three with Audio Slave, but he had five solo albums and a bunch of collaborations. His solo albums are not like Soundgarden or Audio Slave. They're more like coffeehouse stuff sometimes, and it, it drags on a little bit. So they kind of got lost in the mix. I don't think they really took off. The collaborations, he's done all kinds of stuff. So here's something from 2010 from an album called Guitar Heaven, The Greatest Guitar Classics of All Time. This is Chris Cornell and Carlos Santana performing their version of Whole Lot of Love.
And my second pick, and I want to get your thoughts on both, we're going to go with Robert William Gary Moore, also known as Gary Moore, who was born in Belfast, which is the capital of Northern Ireland, in 52. Now, Gary passed away in 2011, so rest in peace to you too, sir. We don't talk Gary Moore too much on the podcast. I think part of it is he's not, although he's a guitar player, he's not really rock guitar all the time. Sometimes he's kind of like this, kind of like a, I don't know, almost a blues feel, Stevie Ray Vaughan kind of thing, uh, but uber talented dude. He had a couple of short stints with Thin Lizzy because Phil Lynott was a lifelong friend, but most of his stuff is solo. 18 studio albums, nine live albums in his career. Here's a song from 1992's After Hours. And no exception, this thing sounds just like Stevie Ray Vaughan. Gary on vocals, Bob Daisley on bass, Anton Fig on drums. Here's a cold day in hell. That is not the Steeler, Cold Day in Hill, is it? No, it is not. <laughs> All right, so let's start with the Chris Cornell. This is why I like doing a podcast with uh, Hollywood Pooney. You always learn something new. Hollywood went deep to this. When I saw his list, I was like, Chris Cornell, what does that got to do with uh, Ireland? Uh, and he explained it to me. So Hollywood likes to dig and does his research, and I love it because, yeah, I really don't. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> I appreciate that about him. Uh, this whole lot of love with Santana, I didn't like it at all. And here's what I didn't like about it. Chris Cornell's vocals are fine. You know what? He can do Robert playing all day long, and it sounds awesome. Uh, and so my issue wasn't with uh, Chris's vocals. My issue was with the pace of the song because it was so quick and they sped the tempo up so much, it just loses so much of the groove. And in fact, I would like to hear a version of this slowed down because I think it would show off Chris's vocals much better because it would give him the opportunity to breathe. I think you, he would just be able to uh, sound much better. You would be able to hear him much better. I just don't like the tempo of it. So that was my issue with that song. I, I, in fact, this record, I went and started looking at this whole record where Santana does all kinds of stuff. I mean, he does photograph, Def Leppard photograph with Chris Daltrey, which by the way, Daltrey does an awesome job at singing that tune. Uh, he did a Johnny Lang superstition. It's superstitious. The old blues song with Johnny Lang. And I like Johnny's voice a lot. So there's some good stuff on it. There's also some questionable stuff on that record, but I never heard that record or even seen it. Uh, so it's an interesting tribute record. I'm not sure why Santana needs to do a tribute record, but whatever. It's fine. Gary Moore. So we we don't talk enough about Gary Moore. And uh, what a lot of people may not know is that Gary Moore is a hugely influential guitar player to a lot of the people we know and admire. But he just, for whatever reason, he doesn't we don't talk about him that much. And it's probably because of that very thing, because a lot of the stuff that he does is very blues based and not as much rock based. Uh, but he's got a ton of music that you could have picked from uh, that would fit just fine in this show. Don't take me for a loser victims of the future. I used to have the vinyl for victims of the future at one point in time where he does the cover of shapes of things to come. There's some great music. He's got some rock and shit, like some straight up uh, hard rock uh, music, but it's it's hit or miss. So you got to find that album versus the album where he's like playing a bunch of blues stuff, like kind of like what this cold day in hell was. But yeah, I, I respect Gary Moore a lot. All right. So a few other interesting things about St. Patrick's Day. So Chicago for the past 43 years has been dying its river green to celebrate the Emerald Isle. I guess the way they do it is they drop orange dye into the river and it turns it green. Other cities have tried it, but they can't make it happen. So I guess uh, Chicago's river must be extra dirty. I don't exactly know how it works, but whatever. <laughs> well, now let me tell you a little something about that that goes along with the, the neck of the woods that I live in. Savannah, Georgia is very well known for doing this on St. Patrick's Day, and they're very successful. And St. Patrick's Day is a big thing in Savannah, Georgia. You know, I'm pretty sure that it's second to Chicago because of the size of Chicago versus Savannah, Georgia. Savannah is just an eastern coastal city, so it's not, you know, near the metropolis that Chicago is. But uh, they've made quite a name for themselves over the years as uh, a place to go for uh, St. Patrick's Day. I didn't know that. Uh, in Ireland, so the day doesn't cut it. Now it's a St. Patrick's Festival. So it's a four-day event that supposedly takes 18 months to plan. So if it happens every year, but it takes more than a year to plan it, I'm a little confused, but whatever. And then uh, like 1.2 million people show up. I can imagine, you know, people just getting drunk as fuck. And then <laughs> – 
Guinness is the official beer of St. Patrick's Day because supposedly you can drink it all day and not get too full or too drunk. I have seen people drink Guinness. That is not a true statement. <laughs> that is definitely not a true statement because Guinness packs a punch. It has a high alcohol content. Oh, you can't go by you. You drink three sips and you'd be gone. I'm talking about real people. <laughs> I'm talking about real people. I don't drink Guinness anyway. I don't like the taste of it. But I do know that the alcohol content is quite high in Guinness. So let me ask you this about uh, St. Patrick's Day. I know how it is around here in Atlanta, and I'm pretty sure it's probably like this across the U.S., but basically any Irish pub or restaurant or bar, whatever, they all put up chain link fencing around the parking lot on St. Patrick's Day and the party moves outside. At least it does here in the South because uh, one, they need the extra space because it gets crowded. And two, a lot of them have like outdoor concerts and stuff. They'll set up a stage. I remember uh, one year I went to one that was local here and it's a pretty huge Irish pub here in town and uh, they had Jackal playing out in the parking lot. <laughs> is it is it like that around uh well around the uh bay area for you nothing that i've ever been to you know i've been to the bars that they got the green beer they put the food dye in it or whatever yeah. but i've not been to like irish bars i'm sure there's some around but cinco de mayo is more of california's jam to be honest with you because uh the mexican holiday and i don't you know they wouldn't even tell you it's a holiday but that that just resonates a little bit better. Yeah, that makes complete sense to me. I just wonder if St. Patrick's is more of a Midwest, you know, Chicago area, Boston area. Uh, not Boston's not Midwest, but, you know, Chicago and Boston, New York, those are very high concentration of Irish immigrants. So I wondered if St. Patrick's Day was more of a thing there versus out on the West Coast. Yeah, I would think so. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. All right, so I'll take a second out to ask for everybody's help for the Growing Up Rock podcast. You can help us out in a very easy way, and that is just go leave us a five-star review on Podchaser or at Apple Podcast. We appreciate all the reviews that come in. A lot of times what's interesting, and I think it's the way they have it set up, Sonny, where Every once in a while, and I see all the reviews and ratings that come in, every once in a while we'll get a one-star review, but the review will be like, I love this podcast. So I, th <laughs> I think what happens is people hit the one star and they don't know they're hitting the one star versus the five stars. And they'll leave us a review that's great. It's a glowing review, but they gave us one star. It kind of sucks because it drops our it drops our rating down when somebody leaves us a one star versus five stars. And I've done it before on other people uh, where I'll go to leave like five stars and I'll by accident hit one star or you can't see all five stars because when they're not blanked out, they're almost sort of invisible. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, but when people give us one star, they send me a separate message saying we just don't like Stephen. <laughs> Oh, happens every day, at oh, least oh, once a day. Jesus Christ, that makes complete sense. 
But in this one, they actually <laughs> said they liked both of us. So I, I don't know. I'm very conflicted and confused at this point. <laughs> I don't know. I get a lot of things that say they hate you. So <laughs> they don't like your song selections for some reason. Anyway, you can't please them all. <laughs> Sonny and I, we aim to please. Whether you hate me or you hate him, we don't care as long as you like half of us. <laughs> So on to my last three choices for our Irish tie-in. My third choice, and, and <laughs> as much as Sonny begged me to put a U2 song in here or a Thin Lizzy song, I literally just, I couldn't bring myself to do it because I was like, hey, you know, that's that's kind of people expect U2 and uh, Thin Lizzy because it's it's tied to Ireland. It's tied to the Irish. I said, I refuse to do that. And he said good because I hate both bands. And I said, well, there you go. But what I did do is for my third choice, I went with a Thin Lizzy spinoff in Black Star Riders. Black Star Riders are a band that was at one point in time, sort of Thin Lizzy. They were basically Thin Lizzy and they decided to change their name because they couldn't really see using the Thin Lizzy name without Phil on it. I don't know. That's the story that's out there. I don't know whether it was a legal thing, but Either way, Black Star Riders is fronted by Ricky Warwick and originally featured lead guitarist Scott Gorham from Thin Lizzy and bass guitarist Marco Mendoza was originally in Black Star Riders as well. He was later on replaced by Robbie Crane in 2014. Drummer and founding member Jimmy DeGrasso left the band in March of 2017 and was replaced a few weeks later by Chad Zeliga. Another founding member, lead guitarist Damon Johnson, which I just read today, and this is awesome. Damon Johnson's putting back together Brother Kane. And I'm sort of excited about that because I really like those first three Brother Kane records. So I'm hoping that maybe they'll get added to the Monsters of Rock Cruise or they'll just do a club date around and we can catch them. I really like Damon Johnson as a guitar player and as a singer. He left in 2018 to be replaced by Christian uh, Martucci. And then Scott Coram left Black Star Riders, which basically Black Star Riders without Scott Gorham, really now it's not Thin Lizzy at all anymore. It's just basically the uh, Ricky Warwick project, <laughs> if I'm looking at that correctly. It'll be interesting to see what happens to Black Star Riders because they just recently signed a two album deal with a record company. Check out Who Rides the Tiger.
All right, so my fourth choice is a band called Trucker Diablo. Take a listen to this song, Party Like They Started the End of the World. Check it out. So Trucker Diablo, the band began in Northern Ireland in 2008. The band has had a lot of releases, but honestly, I couldn't find a ton of information on this band out there. They've got a Facebook page. They've even got a website. But when you go to look at like their history and stuff, really can't find that much information on them. All I know is that I kind of dig the band. I've listened to uh, most of their records and they're pretty consistent with what they're putting out there. They're just a dirty rock and roll band. So check out Trucker Diablo. Then the last band I'm going to feature is a band that I discovered way back when iTunes was kind of new. They used to put out these free downloads every month. I think it was every week, every month, something like that. And so the free download at one point in time was this band called The Answer with the song called Demonize.
So the answer is Cormac Neeson, Paul Mahan, Mickey Waters, and James Heatley. The answer were formed in 2000 by guitarist Paul Mahan, and in 2005, Classic Rock Magazine voted the answer as the best new band of 2005. The answer opened up for ACDC on the 2008-2009 Black Ice World Tour here in the States and in the UK, and that's probably their biggest tour to date. They've got several albums out. They're pretty consistent as a straight-up rock band. Uh, occasionally, some of their later records get into a little bit less um, uh, less rock, less rocking. Uh, but their earlier records are definitely rocking, and I dig Demon Eyes. And if you like that song, check out that first uh, two or three records. You'll probably dig those records. So those are my final three Irish ties, shall I say. And no you too. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the answer, that song was okay to me. I love the Trucker Diablo stuff. I've, I've got it all. I think it was, it might have been Baco that got me into them because they were playing them a lot. And I started listening to it. And I'm like, man, everything I listen to is pretty good. I've never seen them live. I want to see them live, though. Rich Dillon was a big uh, champion for Trucker Diablo at one point in time. I know he likes them quite a bit, the Meister. And... Dude, Black Star Riders, I just, I don't get it. I never did get it. It did not matter who was in the band. It's Ricky's voice. I, I just don't like Ricky's voice. That's basically what it is. Which is a lot like Thin Lizzy didn't like Phil Lynott's voice either. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, Thin Lizzy has a few songs that I can tolerate, but in reality, I don't go put Thin Lizzy on. Mm -mm. So, all right. So, you know, we like playing with dates when dates are involved, right? So, 317 every year is St. Patrick's Day. Celebrity birthdays. Get this list. Dude, this is a pretty good list. I got to be honest. Patrick Duffy. Like, when was the last time you heard that name? <laughs> right? Kurt Russell, one of the biggest actors of our generation. Gary Sinise. He's no slouch. Rob Lowe. He's no slouch. Billy Corgan. Who cares? And then Nat King Cole. Dude, that's huge. <laughs> Those are some big birthdays. Hey, here's something fun. If I say Patrick Duffy, what do you think of? Dallas. Exactly. You know what I think of? What? Man from Atlantis. Who out there is with me? I know there's some people out there just like, holy what shit. What the hell is that? Like a 1940s movie? <laughs> it's not a 1940s movie. If you know, you know. I'm telling you right now, there are listeners to this show. They know Patrick Duffy is the man from Atlantis. Way before Dallas. But you guys know what I'm talking about. Let me hear you in the comments section because I know you're out there. Wow. All right. <laughs> So looking at the charts, all right, so got a couple of songs I want to share with you. So 40 years ago, the number one song on St. Patrick's Day, 1982, was I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Love that song. Nice. 30 years ago on St. Patrick's Day in 92, Save the Best for Last by Vanessa Williams. <laughs> <laughs> we talked That's about that on one of our uh – uh, when Rock Ruled the Charts uh, episodes. Yeah. I think it was the Nirvana one because it was still on the charts. Yeah. And I'd share with you the 2002 and the 2012 one, but uh, neither one of us knows what those songs are. So I left it off of there. <laughs> the albums are more interesting. So 40 years ago in 82, Beauty and the Beat by the Go-Go's was number one. That's a pretty good album. Uh, hell yeah, it is. We go from, you want to call it pop, you want to call it punk, I guess is how much you know the Go-Go's. We go from there to 10 years later, 1992, March 17th, Rope in the Wind, Garth Brooks was number one. <laughs> Two completely different albums. <laughs> oh, these are four completely different albums. 
2002, 20 years ago, March 17th, number one album in the country, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou soundtrack. Wow. <laughs> 2002 must have been a rough year. <laughs> 2012, 10 years ago, March 17th, number one album, Adele, 21. Four completely different albums. Yep. That's crazy. No rock at all, basically. And also nothing to do with shamrocks or leprechauns. Nope, not at all. When was House of Pain number one? (laughs) Shit, I don't know. (laughs) They're Irish, aren't they? (laughs) I don't know. One of them is, I think. Like Stephen King writes horror. If I was a Jew, then I'd like to menorah. I got bumps for ya. Excuse me, senora. Are you a horror? Are you a lady? Is it Eric Boyer or Marsha Brady? Let me know, hun. The deed'll get done. Just listen up position. I'll take my rod and then I'll go fishing. I'll get your river flowing. I'm always in the knowing. It comes to giving pleasure. I'm every woman's treasure. I came to work your body. So let me do my job. I've never been laid off. My rhyme is still paid off. Cause now I'm making records. Now I'm making tapes. Steady busting suckers in bunches like grapes Making all the pages Scooping up the loot Putting suckers on the run Pull my gun and I shoot I've never been a front I've never been a fraud I got a natural skill for that I thank the Lord Cause I feel blessed I'm casually dressed I always got my gun But I never wear a vest I'm quick on the draw Like the horse named McCaw From the cartoon Boom, shalak, lock, boom Shalak, lock, boom All right, so my final three choices, I got two interesting ones and one probably everybody's going to know. So believe it or not, Metallica has Irish ties. So Hetfield's mom was Irish, Mustaine's dad was Irish, and Kirk Hammett's dad was Irish. Now, we all know Mustaine had a lot of drama with Metallica, so you know he was pretty much gone by the time they really started their career. So there's not a lot of Mustaine co-writing credits on Metallica songs. But the one I'm going to play for you is... So this was the second and final single off their debut album, Kill Em All. It was originally included on this recording called Ron McGovney's 82 Garage Demo. Mm-hmm. It's never been released. The original lyrics were written by Mustaine were about sex, and he had written them at like age 16. Hetfield took him, took the song, wrote new lyrics about people being damned to hell. <laughs> Lars gets involved, and because Run to the Hills was so big, Lars is like, you know what? We need to make this song like a maiden tune, Run of the Hills. So see if you pick it up at all. Here is Jump in the Fire.
my fourth choice, born in Northern Ireland, we're going to talk about Vivian Campbell. Nowadays, obviously, Vivian's in Def Leppard, has been there a long time, 30 years, by the way. But he's done a bunch of other things. 83 to 86, he was in Dio. He was only in Whitesnake for a year. When I read this, I'm like, really? He was only in Whitesnake for a year? I thought he mm-hmm. was in there longer than that. Mm-mm. 87 to 88. And the only reason he was only there a year is, I guess, Vivian's wife was banned from traveling with the group because she didn't get along with Tony Katane. <laughs> so after the 87 tour ended, Coverdale tells the whole band, only Adrian and I are writing all the songs. Everybody else can go home. And Vandenberg <laughs> didn't want Vivian in the band at all. He wanted to be the only guitar player. So the... <laughs> Tour manager went up to Vivian Campbell and said, you're not Whitesnake anymore. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. I never heard that story. Yeah. Yeah. So he leaves Whitesnake at the end of 88. Then he uh, spent a little bit of time in Lou Graham's band. So he played on some of the Lou Graham solo albums. Then he went to a band called Shadow King, which was also with Lou Graham. But there was also a band called the River Dogs that he was involved in. So the River Dogs have been around a little while, released three albums over the last 30 years, so I want to play a song off their first release. So this is Rob Lamoth on vocals, Nick Bropy on bass, Vivian on guitar, Mark Dezinian on drums. Off their self-titled release in 1990, here's a song called Whisper.
And my final choice. Did you have any idea that Elvis's mom was part Irish? Any clue? None. Well, she was. So I got a treat for you here. So we're not doing an Elvis history lesson. That would take all day, and I wouldn't be able to do it right anyway. There's people that love Elvis a hell of a lot more than I do. But there's a lot of rockers that love Elvis, and two of those guys are Ozzy and Lemmy. So I'm going to play an interesting version for you of Blue Suede Shoes. It's going to start with Black Sabbath. So they were about to warm up for a German gig, and Iomi says, all right, let's do Blue Suede Shoes. They start going, and some reporter in the audience recorded it, and it ended up on TV later that night. Iomi was pissed because, as you will hear, Ozzy has not a clue what the words are. And who knows if Ozzy was hammered at the time, but it's an interesting recording. Then you'll hear Elvis's version, which obviously is great. And then you're going to hear Lemmy take over. And Lemmy absolutely adored Elvis. So he actually knows the word. So enjoy Blue Suede Shoes. You got Black Sabbath first, Elvis second, and Lemmy third. One for the mind, two for the show. Get ready and go and go. I know too. Step on my Blue Suede Shoes.
my car. Drink my liquor for my no fruit jar. I do anything that you wanna do. Uh, honey, lay over my shoe, don't you? Step on my blue suede shoe. We can do anything, but lay over my blue suede shoe. For the money, two for the show. You get ready to go, can't go over the door. Double my blue suede shoe. You can do anything, I'm 
So what'd you think of those three? <laughs> All right. So let's go in reverse order. So the Elvis Presley blue suede shoes. It's an old classic, right? Lots of people have done it much like uh, jailhouse rock. Yeah. <laughs> the Aussie thing. Who knows, man? Sound checks, you know. A lot of times you don't know the words at sound checks, and that's old. That had to be early Sabbath, judging by the recording and the way that Ozzy sounds during that recording. He could have also been hammered. <laughs> that's probably <laughs> probably a combination of both. I don't know. Elvis is Elvis, and I respect Elvis and like a lot of his stuff for what it is. There's a reason why he was so, you know, so adored by fans uh, and such a uh, huge influence on people. And then the Motorhead version, look, I'm not the hugest Lemmy vocal fan in the world, but I respect Lemmy for what he was. And I like a lot of Motorhead stuff. Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting threesome, three different perspectives on uh, this Elvis classic. Vivian Campbell, The River Dogs. So I'd never heard that White Snake song, uh, story at all. And in fact, it makes sense now because you really never hear Vivian, even back in the day, talk too much about the White Snake thing. I like The River Dogs. I like Rob's voice. And not too long ago, I guess it's been a few years at this point, The River Dogs minus Vivian released a new album called California. And that record's pretty decent. And Rob's singing on that record as well. So I'm a big uh, River Dogs fan. I dug the record. They're definitely not rocking. Uh, it's definitely more kind of radio-oriented pop, uh, maybe rock, but it's just not, yeah, it's not heavy, heavy stuff. They're just uh, real melodic songs. But I like The Whisper a lot off that first record. Metallica, Jump in the Fire. Now that you mentioned the Iron Maiden reference, I can definitely hear it. I don't know that I would have made that connection beforehand. Uh, and what's to say about Jump in the Fire? It's classic. I love killing them all as a whole. Uh, so that's good stuff. And I never knew there was an Irish connection there. So we talked about we could have went with you 2 We could have went with Thin Lizzy. But here are some artists that are part Irish that you might not know. Alice Cooper, Chris Daughtry, Jimi Hendrix. Billy Gibbons, John Fogarty, Jim Morrison, M. Shadows, Tom Petty, Fergie, Pink, Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, and the sexy Shania Twain. I had no idea any of those people had any Irish blood in them. Well, I don't know that either, but, you know, how do you say the sexy Shania Twain, who's very sexy, but so is Fergie? Come on, man. <laughs> I was trying to stay away from that. I don't want to get in trouble. Dude, Fergie Ferg. Gotta love me some Fergie. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. It's so delicious. It's hot, hot. so delicious. I put them boys on rock, rock. so delicious. They want a choice of what I got. Fergalicious. <laughs> Love me some Fergie. I ain't mad at that at all. But anyway, <laughs> there you go. There's there's your uh, Grown Up Rocks nod to Ireland, Shamrocks and Shenanigans, Leprechauns, which apparently is American-based. And uh, Saint, I'm surprised St. Patrick's Day wasn't created by Hallmark Cards. They create a bunch of other shit. But Anyway, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that That's our little piece of uh, fun for that. 
Well, you know we love connecting it to KISS. You wanted the best, but you got the best! The hottest band in the world, KISS! It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. So for the historic moment, we're going to go with a band called Kilt. Now, for those who believe kilts are only associated with Scotland, here is the definition. Although kilts are traditionally associated with Scotland, they are also long established in Irish culture. Kilts are worn in both Scotland and Ireland as a symbol of pride and a celebration of their Celtic heritage. What do I say to you naysayers? You can suck it because kilt is also Irish. So there. Now, the band. It's technically Canadian, <laughs> and, they, and it has both Scottish and Irish members. So off of their first album, self-titled, 1997, here is Tony Ronalds on lead vocal, Bonnie Jean McDonald on fiddle, Brennan McDonald on guitar, Brian Buckle on drums, Scott McFarlane on bass and vegetables, for some strange reason. Here's their version of I Was Made for Loving You. All to you in the darkness. There's so much I wanna do, and tonight I'm gonna lay it at your feet. This girl I was made for you, and girl you were made for me. I was made for loving you, baby. See it in your eyes Feel the magic There's something that drives me wild And tonight I'm gonna make it all come true Cause girl you were made for me And girl I was made for you hey! I was made for loving you baby down towards the causeway we're gonna stare at the railroad tracks and we're gonna pray for trains that never come and tonight we're gonna make ourselves up a little hitchhike inside two words boys babu and we're not stopping till all the draft cakes are empty hey i was made for loving you baby you were made for loving me And I can't get enough 
enough for you, baby? Can you get enough for me? For I was made. You were made. I can't get enough. Made for loving you, baby. You were made for loving me. <laughs> to the naysayers, Sonny Pooney says, suck it. And oh, he was made for loving you, by the way. First, <laughs> <laughs> first of all, you got a band called Kilt that all pretty much sounds like they have Irish last names, right? There were a lot of McGillicuddy, McGillicuddy's, Mc, 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 this, McDonald's, that. So, but they're from Canada? Yeah. So they're from Canada. So all I picture is the McKenzie brothers in kilt saying, take off, you hosers, and here's an Irish jig for you to dance to, by the way. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was an interesting recording. I didn't hear vegetables playing, but I don't know what that's supposed to sound like. Uh, you know, could have been banging carrots on a drum for all we know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely an interesting recording. I always enjoy these uh, left of center kiss uh, tributes uh, more than the rest. I mean, this was just straight up an Irish jig. I could hear it and uh, brings a smile to my face. I think I still prefer the original, but, you know, it's fun. It's fun stuff. Oh, you know what? I didn't look up Yannick. Is Yannick Irish or is he Scottish? Yannick from Maiden? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to look it up real quick. He's not English? It says English musician, but uh, he's always doing the jig, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sort of. <laughs> I never thought of it, but yeah, a little bit. He dances a lot. He dances around a lot on stage. Let's see. Uh, his father was a seaman in the Polish Navy and came to England to join the Royal uh, Navy. That's how we ended up there. You said seaman. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't say anything about him being Irish, but I think, yeah, I think what he's doing is the jig when he's playing. So I don't know. <laughs> Maiden doesn't allow anybody but Englishmen into their band, do they? Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> so definitely an interesting idea for an episode. <laughs> we like to do these themed episodes uh, every so often. You know, there's not a ton of, uh, I don't know, maybe there is a ton of holidays in the U.S. that tie to something, but it's just fun to do. I mean, it's there's a good time. Hopefully you get some uh, information out of it and uh, we play some good music. That's really <laughs> that's really all it's about is for us to kill an hour and a half of your time and make you laugh a little bit and play some good music. So hopefully you enjoyed it on your ride home from work or your ride to grandma's house or whatever it is that you guys do while you're listening to the Grown Up Rock podcast at some part of this uh, entire big world that we live in. Well, we appreciate all the listeners, appreciate all the crazy feedback we get sometimes. Some analysts reached out and said I was numbers nut, and I think he called me crazy, I think. But uh, <laughs> that's okay. But there's nothing crazier than hearing Ozzy sing Hamana, Hamana, Hamana to Blue Sway Shoes because he doesn't know the words. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just pretty damn fun. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guys, could you imagine Tony seeing that on TV? He's like, what the fuck is that? Where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. Even back then, I mean, you, you kind of expect it today, 
and you prepare for it for today, uh, which is why sometimes you don't let reporters with their phones or anything else into uh, sound checks or rehearsals or whatever. But back then, that's definitely like, uh, you know, uh, what the hell happened type thing, right? Yeah, no doubt. And here, you want to hear something scary. As we're recording, I just got an email from Roadkill T-shirts, and it said, St. Pat's Day is coming. Get your Irish on. Dude, my computer is listening to me. <laughs> uh, either that or one of your electronic assistants. You never can tell. Never can tell. No, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, let us know how you like the episode. Yeah, until next week, we appreciate each and every one of you guys. Go get your rock on, and we will talk to you guys next week. See ya. Later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.